0: It's time for Horrenda's Agenda, Bill's Reflections on Sports and Life. Dr. Charles A. Marr is Professor Emeritus of Psychology at Rutgers University. Charlie possesses over 30 years of experience in areas of sports psychology and performance enhancement at the individual team and organizational levels in baseball, basketball, and football and many other sports the performing arts, and with corporate entities. Currently, Charlie is sports psychologist and senior director of personal and organizational performance for the Cleveland Indians, a position he's held for 25 years. He previously has served as sports psychologist for a number of teams in the NBA, the NFL, and the NHL. Charlie has published oodles of journal articles and many books, the most recent being The Complete Mental Game of Baseball, Taking Charge of the Process on and off the field. Here's the conversation with Charlie Marr. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy talking to him, and certainly we can all improve and be better as a result of Charlie Marr's insights. Here's our conversation.
1: Charlie, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here again,
0: Bill. And Charlie, let's start with this statement. There have been so many advances in athletics, fitness and conditioning, nutrition skills, of course, including personal trainers for players, technology analytics, and, of course, sports psychology. But I'd like you to – if you can please elaborate on the statement, baseball isn't who I am, it's what I do.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I think with professional baseball, uh, all players are uh, essentially at risk. They're, 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 they're at risk. They uh, have to uh, perform. They have to balance performance with the rest of their life. Uh, they have to be able to process a lot of things that are happening, like failure and frustration and injury. And therefore, it's very easy for a professional baseball, baseball and other professional athletes too, to start to uh, focus on themselves as a person and start to beat themselves up uh, rather than separate themselves out as a person and the performer and in dealing with their their specific performance issues. And and I think that's important for players to be able to balance baseball with the rest of their life, to have a perspective on themselves, their values, what's important to them over and above the game. Now That's easier said than done, but uh, that's something I think is very good. I think that's the real uh, value or asset of uh, sports psychology and professional sports is helping the athlete – make sense of what they're doing, why they're doing it, and to be able to separate out their self as a performer from themselves as a person.
0: And, and Charlie, interestingly enough, I spoke with Joe Namath on the most recent episode of Horrendous Agenda, and he shared with the New York media, Jets Camp, a couple weeks ago, uh, he invoked Richard Bach, argue for your limitations and they're yours, and I asked Joe where his optimism and positive vision came from. And he, yeah. in part, he said experience, a lifetime of competing. Right. There, Brian told him, if you can't, if you think you can't, you won't. How important is attitude in the equation of peak performance?
1: Yeah, the, the attitude or the, the, which to me means the orientation that somebody has about themselves and what they're doing. Very, very important because. Based in professional baseball, as you know, is a game of failure. Uh, a lot of things can work against you, injury and things that you can't control. And the attitude, the orientation, the mindset that you have about yourself. So like, rather than say, well, I, I, you know, this person's doing me in, that person's doing me in, et cetera, et cetera. So here's, oh yeah, here's an obstacle. I have to deal with this obstacle. How am I going to overcome the obstacle? That's an attitude or an orientation. It's more of a, we use the term, a mindset, a growth-oriented mindset, as opposed to a fixed or, or a negative type of mindset. And so that's, that's fundamental. Your attitude will determine a lot about what you do and how you do it.
0: And is it simply fair to say don't expect results if you haven't put in the time? Of course, these professional players, Charlie, are, are putting in the time you know whether it's Malcolm Gladwell's ten thousand hour rule that they, they have innate talent, but for just for the person in, in whatever chosen endeavor, uh, how do you manage process versus result? And it's probably be folly to expect results if you just haven't put in the time.
1: Right. I, I think it's uh, I'm, I'm, you know most m- m- put, most uh, professional baseball players who've been around for a while. When I say around for a while, five six years they've gone through the minor league, they they made some have a better attitude and understanding of that. And the reason for that is because they failed along the way and they've had to make adjustments. So as a result, it's easier for them to look at the equation being my preparation plus my talent and performance equals results. Whereas you get somebody just starting out, maybe somebody's recently drafted who up to this point in high school and college has been able to dominate the opposition. They've been able to do well based on their talent. Their prescription of success at that point was my, my, my talent equals my preparation. So over the course of time, being able to say my, how I prepare will allow me to compete as best as I can at that moment. And then how do I deal with my results and make sense of them and then move back into preparation. Uh, I'm actually more concerned with players. Uh, I'm not concerned as much with the player who has his A game going. Everything's going right. I'm more interested in the player when they have their B or C game going and how they deal with that. Whereas natural tendency is to think about results. Hey, I'm not getting the results I want, but how do they let that go and then get back into the moment and focus on the process? That's a big part of, what I do with the, with the professional baseball player, helping them deal with the process, not getting caught up in results, and then start identifying with results. And then once you start identifying with the results, you bring your self-esteem into it. And then once you bring your self-esteem into it, you beat yourself up. And uh, it's a prescription for, at best, at best inconsistency. At worst, uh, your failure and uh, going down uh, uh, limited progress.
0: Charlie, I think it was Mark Twain who said the inability to forget is infinitely more devastating than the inability to remember. Uh, yes. And there's so, right? there's so many adages, right? Life is 10 percent what happens to you, 90 percent how you respond. You can't take right. and hit. Yogi right. Berra said. Uh, how, how do you overcome setbacks and, and mistakes, and, in, a, in a tangible way? How, what advice do you give
1: p- players? They, they what they have to do. Is they have, first of all, they have to challenge themselves. They have to be real with themselves and about themselves. But yes, things are not going well right now. Okay, but what What am I going to do? Am I going to complain about it? Am I going to get anxious about it? Or am I going to get specific about what I have to do to improve? We have a, a framework we use called if when, when you want to improve something, name it. Be very specific. I want to improve my uh, uh, secondary pitch or I need to improve my uh, – Uh, discipline to play, whatever that might be, get specific, get behavior, that's naming it, claiming it now. This is the more difficult part. It's emotionally, in other words, taking uh, responsibility for it, Uh, taking ownership for it, not somebody else. This is, we we talk about leadership. This is taking leadership of yourself. And then the third thing is work on fixing it. So name it, claim it, fix it. And those are things that are within the those things are within the control of the 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 player, the athlete.
0: Excellent. That, that's great great advice because I think when whenever we're struggling, in reg- regardless of the pursuit in life, I think that specific, specificity is vital uh, nice. to, to to really uh, taking some measures that will Im- improve things. And Charlie, with players that are on the way up, or uh, you mentioned adjustments earlier, uh, you hear players say, hey, the game has slowed down for me. Uh, I say that my NBA paradox for players trying to get to the NBA is, quote, can your decision-making match the speed of the game while your game simultaneously slows down? Uh, Is there a way that you help get players there where all of a sudden it slows down or – the light, go, light bulb goes, uh, goes on, uh, for, for example. Uh, how, how does that process work with players that are striving to get to the major league or, or, or to a different level in the majors? Yeah, we, there,
1: there, are three, there are several things that we try to emphasize with players, and, and most of them listen. Uh, when I say most of them, 80% of them do. The first is do something we, that is very, very effective and very, very cheap and have, get in touch with your breathing learn how to breathe, diaphragmatic breathing, deep breathing. That in itself starts to slow things down, all Right. The second thing is accept the experience. Don't judge yourself on what's happening now. So if it's a pitcher, let's say a pitcher has two outs, all right, two outs, no men on base. Now a minute and a half later, it's still two outs, but he's got a man on second and third. Okay, that's okay. an experience. He has to learn to... Except not judge himself. Well, why did this happen? The outfielder was in position with bad shifting by the dugout and the analytics. Whatever. Okay, accept that. Don't judge yourself. And now just commit to the next pitch. So in, in, in baseball players' language, they relax. Don't judge. Play the game. Pitch the pitch. So it's getting them just to... That, that becomes their world. That's like your three-foot world within in, in the in, in, in the course of 10 seconds, because in 10, another 10 seconds something else is going to happen, and they have to let that go. And but and that's a skill. That, that's a skill that needs to be practiced and developed by the players. Not a quick fix. It's not something you can just talk about. They have to be able to recognize. Breathe deeply. Don't judge. Commit to the next pitch. Move on. And that's uh, uh, especially important, like a baseball, ups and downs of the game, failure expectations of other people, injury, uh, obstacles that you face, the politics that are involved with the game, and so forth. Uh, by the way, I just said also applies, by the way, Bill, to coaches.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Coaches. <laughs> and, 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 and the people in business and other areas, too. I could, I, it could also applies to.
0: A- absolutely. A- Charlie, breathing. Justin Tucker, the place kicker of, of the Ravens, the most mm-hmm. accurate place kicker in NFL history – uh, was profiled recently on Real Sports on, with Brian Gumbel on HBO. And he's also uh, an opera singer. And he mentioned breathing as a technique that helps him also in football. But I want to run this quote by you yep. and, and your reaction to it. Okay. Uh, he said, When I run onto this, out onto the field to attempt a game-winning field goal, I'm nervous, I'm scared. For the 1.3 seconds that matter, we're all, we're all stone cold. That's part of our physical and mental training is being able to flip the switch when it matters the most. Right. So, Charlie, my question for you, Alex Honnold, the kid, is a free solo climber. He climbs El Capitan at Yosemite without ropes. The free solo, the Oscar-winning, uh, award-winning documentary. Are these people just wired differently, or what makes them – so unique in their ability to achieve peak performance.
1: I think what, let's take the, the guy, Justin Tucker in particular, what he's been able to do. When he, he said he went out on the field, he, was, he accepted that. He didn't get caught up in that. But then when he got out there, and he slowed himself down, uh, and then he was able to, within that, make solid contact with the ball. That's all he was concerned about. So he let all of this other stuff go. Uh, and the other individual who I do not know and have an experience with probably is also, he's in his three-foot world as he's making the climb. And anything outside of that three-foot world is irrelevant because it's not going to do him any good. For instance, do to look down. It's not going to help him at all.
0: <laughs>
1: right. He, he might so- agree with that. He may not. But I think that's what he's probably focused on is what's there in the moment and what he can control.
0: And why is it so difficult for, for us to stay in the moment? Well, I'll, I'll speak for myself, uh, to stay in the moment. Why is that a, a, a challenge? Is it a sign of the times with social media, or has that always been a
1: challenge in your opinion? It's, it's always a challenge, and that's the tendency of all of us, including myself, is to think thinking about what's going to happen next. And once we do that, uh, then, you know, there are times to think about what's going to happen next strategically with my business or my job or whatever there's also times to look back and and analyze what's happening but during the competitive moment the competitive time that's not when you do it so when you start to let the future and the past deep into what you're doing in a moment it's uh it's, it's it's a problem but that's a natural tendency we all have that so when, when that happens the person where i'm always thinking about my results and and outcomes and so on, not a bad person they're not lazy they just have to become more skilled at recognizing that, letting it go, centering themselves or resetting themselves, bringing them back into the moment. And that's, that takes practice. That takes, that's mental practice, dedicated mental practice.
0: And, and how about this scenario? You mentioned coaching and touched upon, you know, culture and environment and what have you. Now the Cleveland Indians team that you've worked for for 25 years, uh, three straight years in the playoffs, four of the last six years uh, in the postseason, and at the Denver Nuggets, Michael Malone said this during the season, their head coach, he said, quote, do we have a great culture because we, we're winning, or are we winning because we have a great culture? Right. Uh, what, what's your, your take overall on, on culture, Charlie, and when you hear it, a question like that, what, yeah. what what are your thoughts?
1: Well, that's a good By the way, I know Mike, was uh, when I was with, he worked with the Cavaliers, he was an assistant coach, and, you know, working his way up. So, but. Uh, uh, Mike is very, uh, very organized. And I agree with that the culture, the act, the values, the norms, the expectations—that's what I mean. I, I'm using that to refer to culture—is very, very important, and it's set by the uh, leadership in that organization. In the Cleveland Indians organization, we're fortunate to have a very, very effective leader, a very, very authentic leader in Terry Francona, Peter Francona. And he sets that tone right away. And not only does he set it by words, but he follows through by actions. And then once it's said about we, we want to play the game right, we want to do it the right way, we're not going to back down, we want to we be there on time, very, very basic things. Uh, and he'll make sure the players are doing that, and he'll challenge players. So our culture comes out of that. Now, obviously, the more you win, the more – uh confident you have and the more you know about the opponent that adds to it too but if i had to put it in a linear type of framework i would say culture norms expectations values philosophy approach uh, is necessary before you get a winning uh, organization now there may be in the past that some some winning organizations that hasn't randomly it's not happened to but i think you look at most of them whether it's the green bays the didn't You know the the patron, whoever it might be, uh, over the course of time has had that. And
0: and how do? What advice would you give for people that let's just say in the business world, in in any type of uh, business, and maybe they recognize the the dysfunction. I I think there's dysfunction inherent in in any organizations, even the winning ones. How do? What advice would you give to them to kind of reconcile uh, navigating? And still being successful, albeit in an
1: imperfect uh, scenario. Yeah, that gets back to uh, things that for for somebody in the in the in the business setting, I I would deal with I would say <laughs> essentially three things: get in touch <laughs> with your breathing, deal with what you control can control in terms of yourself, control the controllables, and third, uh, be responsible for what your, your roles and responsibilities are. And if, if things are out there that are not going the way they are, that has to be, you don't want that kind of noise influencing what you're doing. Uh, recognizing that you, uh, you do not have control over everything, but you do have control over what you do, how you think, how you communicate with the people you're leading or supervising.
0: If if you're on an elevator and someone asks you how to achieve and sustain peak performance, regardless of their chosen endeavor, athletics, business, performing arts, given we're all human and we make
1: mistakes, what advice would you give them in that elevator pitch? Uh, I would say in the elevator pitch, maybe with 10 seconds, I'd say have a plan and know yourself.
0: Excellent, excellent.
1: I, I love it. Charlie,
0: this has been terrific. Uh, Charlie Marr is professor emeritus of psychology at Rutgers University and also the sports psychologist and senior director of personal and organization performance for the Cleveland Indians, a job he's been in for 25 years. His most recent book, The Complete Mental Game of Baseball, Taking Charge of the Process on and Off the Field. Thank you, Charlie, for joining us. We really appreciate your time, knowledge, and insight. I enjoyed
1: it, Bill. Take care. Uh, Absolutely.
0: Thanks for checking out Horrenda's Agenda. We'll see you next time. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillHorrenda.